Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville, your favorite real estate podcast here in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm your host, as always, Stan McCune, realtor right here in Greenville, South Carolina. You can find all of my contact information in the show notes if you need to reach out to me for any of your real estate needs. That's the only way I make money, right? I don't make money from the show. I make money from being a realtor. So if you need a realtor or you know someone that does, please connect them with me or connect with me yourself. Contact information in the show notes. And if you uh, enjoy this show, please uh, leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe wherever you can. Uh, We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, um, a lot of other platforms, and YouTube. Um, This would be a good episode to watch because I'm going to be screen sharing some things with you guys. Um, I know the video quality is not very good. There are plans for improving that. I promise. I know I've said that a few times. I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy to invest in the video version of this um, because uh, even though I do have people that are watching, it's not a huge audience. Um, So as that grows, then I will continue to improve the video. Um, But this would be a, a good episode to follow. Please uh, just search for my name, Stan McCune, M-C-C-U-N-E, and you'll find my playlist on my personal page, the playlist for the Selling Greenville podcast, uh, since someone else has the Selling Greenville channel um, on YouTube. So today we're going to talk about the May market stats that were released just a week ago by the uh, Greater Greenville Association of Realtors. A lot of very interesting pieces of data that uh, that came through in those market stats. So I'm, I'm excited to share this. Um, but before we even get into that, um, I do want to discuss briefly that we had a very important uh, Fed meeting, the Federal Reserve, well, not really a meeting, but um, where they came out to kind of say what they were planning to do uh, as far as their rates go, which then has an impact on mortgage rates. And I was very, uh, very curious what they were going to do. The market basically thought that they were going to pause mortgage rates, um, mortgage rate hikes, or not mortgage rate hikes, just rate hikes in general. Um, And uh, and that's exactly what they did. They decided not to increase the federal funds rate uh, for the month of June, um, but they uh, left the door very, very wide open for rate hikes in the future. So the market is basically expecting for them to uh, to increase rates in the month of July, which is very interesting. A lot of questions over why they are doing that. And there's even more questions of whether that would even impact mortgage rates because uh, the the spread between, uh, between the 10-year treasury and the uh, 30-year mortgage is really, really high right now. I'm not going to get into all the weeds on that. But long story short, it might not even, even if the even if the Fed increases their rates, it might not have a direct impact on mortgage rates. But when the Fed, interestingly, when the Fed announced made that announcement, um, rates did go up a tick, basically from the high sixes right up to seven percent. So the market was not super happy. The mortgage market was not super happy um, about the Federal Reserve saying we're pausing, but then probably hiking in future months. Um, now, people are really confused about why the Fed would do this. Like, if you're going to hike, just hike now. Um, I think I, I think it makes sense because what the Fed said that they wanted to do, and I agree with this, was to see what's the impact on what they've done so far. Um, because 
the the extreme rate hikes that they've done the past year you don't immediately see the impact of that right so we can we can see inflation going down but there is a bit of a lag between you know the fed using this blunt force type of tool that they have uh when it comes to rates it it takes months for that to really start to reflect in the data so i think it's the right decision for the fed to wait and see uh, you know, what exactly is going to happen. Um, but let's say that they said, let's say they did that, um, you know, they paused for the month of June, and then they said, we don't anticipate any rate hikes in the future. Um, I think that that would cause the market to go bonkers. Um, I think that that the stock market would go would go nuts if that happened. And so I think what the Fed was doing, I, I'm not entirely convinced. I think I, I'm not saying that they were being completely dishonest and that there's no way they're going to increase rates in July and perhaps August. I I would say that there is a very, very good chance that they do. But I also think that there's a very, very good chance that they look at the data and say, uh, you know what, we don't need to do it, but that they there was just no way that they could tell the market that. Right. And so it just became a very confusing mixed message type of statement from the Fed that's like, well, we're pausing, but we're going to keep increasing rates. Um, I think that that really the reason for this, they 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 want to pause and review everything. Um, but they felt like they couldn't say there's a chance that we don't raise rates anymore because that would cause the market to go bonkers and cause inflation to be another concern. They also like the fact um, they, they've not said this directly, but you, reading the tea leaves, they like the fact that mortgage rates are so high. They like that that's impacting uh, you know, the housing market, cooling off the housing market, cooling off the rental market. They're very happy about that. So they don't want to see that spread come down. They don't want to see mortgage rates come down. Um, so they're incentivized to put statements out there that's going to cool the market. So I just wanted to address that. Uh, mortgage rates are still high. Uh, let me see. I'm recording this on uh, June 19th, Monday, June 19th. The 30-year fixed rate right now um, is coming in. Well, this is actually lagging data, but the last time uh, it was pulled, it was 6.95%. Again, that's an average, um, but uh, but still, uh, that's a, that's a high number. That's right up there. You know, we've been seeing it more in the in the mid mid to high sixes, but that's right up there at seven percent. And and the real estate market does not like it to be in that seven percent range. I can tell you that. Uh, from experience, and we're going to see that reflected in some of the data that we're uh, that we're going to be looking at. So I'm going to go ahead and pull that up right now. And so, again, if you're looking on YouTube, you can see the data that I'm talking about. And uh, there's some very very interesting stuff in here, uh, courtesy of the Greater Greenville Association of Realtors. Really grateful to them for producing this great data every month. Um, monthly data is limited in a time where the market shifts so quickly, but it's helpful from the standpoint of being able to, you know, me as a realtor, I have things that I experience anecdotally. Um, and I'm always a little bit nervous when I share that. It's like, well, my experience could be dramatically different than someone else's experience and could be just different than the market because I have quirks in my business, right? I might have an influx of seller clients just because it just happened that way, right? Or I might have, uh, you know, a bunch of buyer clients looking at a certain price point uh, that's not really reflective of the rest of the market. So it's helpful 
to see this monthly data to reinforce whether what I'm experiencing is accurate or not. Um, so we're just going to start right at the top with new listings. And uh, May 2023, we saw a uh, minus, we basically saw a decrease of new listings, 5.4% uh, year on year. So it went down from 1984, uh, uh, May of 2022, and it went down to 18. 77 may of this year we've seen some some fluctuations we've seen some months where listings have been up year on year some months where they've been down year on year uh, but this is now the second consecutive month where we're seeing uh, decreases year on year so uh, from the standpoint of housing supply that's not great uh, but as we're going to see it actually uh, we're still seeing supply increasing. So um, that's actually what we need in a lot of ways. We do need supply to increase. Um, but that's that obviously benefits buyers a lot more than it benefits sellers. Um, pending sales, I'll remind you guys, if, if you've not listened to this before when we go through these stats, the pending sales for the most recent month, which in, in the June stats is the month of May, um, it, it's always wrong. It's, it's always off by quite a bit. Um, and so, for instance, April of, so when we went over the market stats, uh, well, last month we didn't go over them, but I looked back at the report from last month where it had April's uh, pending sales and April was in the 900s. Well, you can see um, in these market stats that, that, that April has been uh, updated, that now it's 1,412 were the pending sales. So we're going to look at that versus looking at May at the moment. So 1,412 pending sales the month of April, that was down 8.2% year on year from April 2022. And so uh, we've had a lot of, I, I don't even know, I don't know what the exact number is, but a lot of consecutive months where we've seen pending sales down year on year. And so this is what uh, this is what's happened in the market. Uh, we, we're in a housing recession. I've talked to you guys about this before. This is what a housing recession looks like is when there's way, way fewer sales. But we've recovered from the fourth quarter of last year when those pending sales were down around 25% year on year. Now we're seeing these prints that are less than 10%. But eight point, down 8.2% in April, that's the, that's the worst number that we've seen since December of last year. So that's, a, that's an interesting number. And listen, I felt that in the month of May. Okay, we saw the the busy season come to an abrupt halt, um, and this particularly was felt when the Memorial Day holiday came around. That's a normal seasonal time of slowdown for the market, but it coincided with rates, you know, going right back up to seven percent, and so that really put a damper uh, on. May, and then that will be then reflected in the, in the June numbers. So I think we're going to have some uh, another low month coming up. Again, the May numbers aren't accurate, but think about it this way. April was in the 900s uh, last month when they posted the April stats, um, and that got redacted or, or changed to 1,412. And so May right now, what the pending sales number that they have is is 873. So I think when they update that, it's going to be in the 1300s. Well, that in comparison to uh, sorry to May of last year, it was 1,488, almost 1,500. So that's going to be a very very big decrease. 
uh, probably on par with the 8.2%, maybe even a little bit more uh, of a decrease that we experienced in April. So these sales numbers are not, for me as a realtor, not encouraging, not encouraging numbers. If you're looking to sell, uh, not not particularly encouraging numbers. The the market, so, so the busy season, the way we think about the real estate busy season is it's really normally three very busy months, March, April, May, and then three decently busy months of uh, June, July, August. Well, what we're seeing is really, it, it seems like it was more of a March and April busy season. And uh, and now we're, we're entering this not quite as busy summer season earlier than we normally do. Um, that's reflected in some of the closed sales data. Um, now, May, uh, we had for the first time in a while, an increase year in year in closed sales. So this is very interesting. So what I think happened here is I think we had a, a bit of the pending sales from March uh, that were taking longer. And I'm seeing this kind of across the board, right? Uh, during the crazy part of 2020, 2021, and, uh, and even some of 2022, there was a shorter period of time from when a home got under contract until the closing actually happened. And the reason for that was very simple. People had to make their offers as attractive as possible. One thing sellers like, one thing that's attractive when you're writing an offer is to make that as short of a period of time as possible. Well, what happens when the market slows down? People want to have more time. Buyers want to have more time. They don't want to feel rushed. And so uh, so I think what we had is in February, March, the, the pending sales were just longer, longer pending sales periods um, uh, until the closing. And so uh, we had, you know, if you look back at February, February was down 11.4% in closed sales year on year. But that's a lot better than the months prior to that, several of the months prior to that. Um, March then was only down 7.4% year on year. April then was down 17% year on year. But then May, we finally rounded the corner and had an, a year-on-year year increase. Um, we went from 1,577 to 1,583. I think that May stole a little bit from uh, from April, basically pending sales that happened in March that would traditionally would have closed in April, instead closed in May. That's that's my theory on that. Um, now, we may, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with some of this closed sales data. Um, if you're looking on YouTube, you can see that, that the line went way, way down um, towards the end of 2022. So we're going to see some, as we're comparing year on year to 2022, we're going to see some uh, uh, some positive prints when it comes to closed sales because it's not likely to go as low as it did in 2022. So that doesn't mean that the market's getting way better. It just means that it's uh, it's not as bad as 2022 at the second half of 2022 when we saw the the one of the craziest real estate crashes that we've ever experienced. Um, and you say that people are, are shocked. They don't understand that the real estate market crashed, but it really did. But it just crashed in a different way than it has in the past. Um, and so people need to understand that, as I've said before, we are in a new normal. The real estate crash currently, it doesn't look the same as it has in the past. Just like inflation and all of that, um, none of that looks the same as it has in the past. We've got this robust job market. 
Fed increasing rates, inflation coming down. Um, a lot of things are different, and that's because you know we we had this very weird time during the pandemic when there was a lot of easy money going around. The market corrected for that, um, and then the Fed corrected for that, and then and then we had this thing with Russia and Ukraine, Russia invading Ukraine, and all of that, and that caused more issues. Um, and so, and now, you know, the Fed is increasing their rates. So we've got all of these different things happening all at the same time. Um, in the housing market, we also had millennials, uh, my generation, um, come on really strong. And and also, uh, Gen X came on really strong. So millennials kind of came on market in towards the end of 2019 into 2020, kind of in force. Uh, but also Gen X did as well. So and, and we all know that baby boomers are sitting on the largest collection of cash in the history of the US. Um, and they've been very active in the housing market as well. So we have a kind of an unprecedented amount of demand with three generations being uh, co- competing against each other for housing. And so all of that combined is what kind of caused things uh, to be crazy the way uh, the way they've been. Um, okay, so so moving right along to days on market until sale. This is a very interesting number here. So um, this is the average number of days between when a property is listed and when an offer is accepted in a given month. Um, and we had seen, obviously, this increase. It had been in the 20s for a long time, which is crazy. Um, now, if you're selling a home, to have a home 20, 21 days on the market until it sells feels like an eternity. Trust me, I know. Um, I know this from firsthand experience flipping houses. It feels like forever. Um, But again, this is an average, right? Some homes sell right away. Some take months. Um, And so what we know historically is that 20 in the 20 in the sub 30 days on market range as a market average, that's way, way low. Like if you're looking at the at the graphic. Uh, that was those were just insane numbers. So it had to come up from there. We knew it was going to come up from there. It hit 58 uh, days on market until sale in March, uh, but it's been coming down since then. And so now in May we had 44 days on market until sale. Um, that's still a 120 percent increase year on year. Um, but it's interesting to see that number coming down. Now I do think that that's a seasonal thing. Um, I, I do expect for that to probably hop back up in the summer months, uh, but we'll have to, to keep track of that. I did not expect it to go back into the low 40s, so that one caught me a little bit by surprise. So um, homes did start to pick up. We saw an influx of demand during the spring busy season, um, but I am not confident that that's going to uh, sustain for the remainder of the less busy part of the busy season of real estate. Um, this is something that we're going to have to spend some time talking about. The median sales price, okay? For the first time in a in a long time, we saw a decrease year-on-year year in the median sales price. We can officially say that prices went down in the greater Greenville area in the month of May. Um, it didn't go down by much. It was 0.6%. May 2022 was 316,832. May of 2023 was 315,000. So about uh, $1,500 difference. Uh, but it's the first decline that we have seen in a 
very, very long time. We were, we've been flirting with it, right? In February, we only saw a 0.1% increase. So we almost saw a decrease year on year in February. But, um, but we finally had it happen in May. Um, so what does this mean? How does this compare historically? Well, I've told you guys in the past that um, historically we do, it's, it's not completely out of the uh, question, or, or it's not like it never happens that prices see a decrease year on year. This does happen from time to time, and it doesn't mean that prices are going down. Um, now, I'm not saying that it's an impossibility for prices to go down. I don't hear that I'm saying that. But it doesn't inherently mean when we have a negative month uh, that prices are going down. Before, however, I, uh, I I talk about that, I do want to look at the, at the actual data. Um, if we can go back to the middle of last year, we saw prices skyrocket into that 315 range, which was a big jump from January of, of 2022. It went all the way from, uh, it was roughly in the 280 range, and it jumped all the way up to 315,000. If you're looking, in, in just a few months, if you're looking at, uh, at the chart that I have here, you can see that that is a very, very big jump historically. There's not a whole lot to compare it to. And then it kind of hovered around that 315,000 number. And then when rates started going up, it then plummeted. And that's a, a big crash down uh, to the beginning of this year. And now it's kind of hopped back up to something very close to what it was around this time last year. So even though it is a um, it is a decrease year on year, we're seeing it, it's pretty comparable. And so what I expect is going to happen is... Probably we'll see a few more negative prints before the end of this year. I think uh, you know there's a good chance that as we're kind of comparing to uh, June, July, August, September, uh, a few of those might, months might come in negative in the median price point year on year. Um, but then as we start to compare year on year to these fall months where it really went down very quickly, I think we'll probably go back into positives year on year and end the year 2023 with a slight uh, increase in the median price point year on year. That's my prediction. Um, now, with regard to median price point decreases, like I said, they do happen. They don't happen super often, but it does happen from time to time. Um, if, you're, if you're looking at uh, the chart that I have in front of you or the, the graph that I have in front of you. I always get graphs and charts confused, so I apologize if I keep doing that. Um, but if you see the um, the vertical lines, those lines are always January. And, and so we have all these vertical lines. Um, if you look at January 2020, and this is pre-pandemic, so the pandemic, I'm, I'm not looking, I'm not going to compare to uh, data from the uh, that was impacted by the pandemic. I'm not going to compare to data that was impacted by the by the Great Recession. That's that's flawed data to compare to. I want to compare to a normal market. Well, January of 2020, it was still normal. Uh, real estate had not yet in Greenville been impacted by the pandemic. Um, that was a month that we had a year in, on year decline in the median price point. January 2019 was a higher month than January 2020. 
we saw something similar in August of 2014. August of 2014, you, you, you can't really see it if you're looking at the graphic, but there was a very slight decrease from August of 2014 to August of 2013. And then in June of 2013, there was also a very slight uh, decrease year on year. So same thing, we're seeing a very slight decrease year on year with May. Um, and what I expect is because of how the market has cooled down due to rates and whatnot, I think that we'll probably have a few more of these negative year on year, uh, year on year prints. And you know, what's happening, I am seeing this personally, is that people are panic selling, right? This is not the time to panic sell. Don't, well, <laughs> my opinion is that it's not the time to panic sell. I think that people should should hold out. You know what your home is worth. You know the inventory is still low, even though it's it's going up. Um, I don't think that this is the time to panic sell and take less than your house is worth. There, it, it depends on everyone's situation, um, but I'm seeing some instances where instances where people are taking way way less than uh, demonstrably what their what their home is worth, and that is uh, not good for anyone when that happens. Um, and so that's going to cause some of these numbers to get dragged down. Um, and that's what happened. That's what we saw in the month of May. It wouldn't shock me. Again, if we see that a few more times before the summer season is over, and then I think in the fall, we're going to to start to see some pretty consistent positive prints. Um, we'll see. Uh, I think that we'll probably stay pretty close. Like by the end of the year, we'll probably end pretty close to 300,000. Um, so for us to see a positive uh, year on year, you know, we have to be basically, let's see here, what was January? We ended January um, at, or actually I should go back to December of, of 2022. December of 2022 was 295,000. So as long as we, uh, as long as we see uh, the median price point be above 295,000 by the end of the year will be in the positive for the year 2023. I do think that that's going to happen, but we'll have to track it. I'm not, I'm definitely not guaranteeing that. Now, interestingly, the average sales price, which is a less helpful metric because it's impacted heavily by very expensive homes that sell, um, but the average sales price increased by 3.4%. So that tells me that we're seeing a lot more expensive homes that. Uh, that are selling uh, relative to the market right now. And that's the second consecutive positive print. And we've only seen one negative print, and that was in, in March. Not putting a whole lot of weight in this, but I find that to be, uh, find that to be interesting. Um, the percent of... Sorry, if you hear my dog barking, she loves to do that. That's her favorite thing to do. She she's been seeing squirrels all day. Um, it's it's rainy and uh, she goes nuts when she sees squirrels. So that might be what you're hearing. Um, percent of list price received. This is the percentage found when dividing a property's sales price by its most recent list price. Okay, most recent list price. Important caveat because uh, the price may have decreased at some point there may have been a price reduction prior to going under contract and it does not account for that um so then you uh take the property sales price um sorry you divide a property sales price by its most recent list price and then take the average for all properties sold in a given month not accounting for seller concessions also an important detail um, because there's a lot more seller concessions sellers 
helping buyers with their closing costs than there have been. Um, and so this is this is a so uh, the percent of list price received is at ninety eight point nine percent, which is historically pretty close to what we've seen in the past. Actually, historically still pretty high. Um, but in comparison to a year ago, it's very low because a year ago it was one one hundred one point seven percent, which was the highest number that we've ever had, um, I believe. Uh, yeah, that was the the peak that we saw um, of the entire market was when it hit one hundred one point seven percent of list price received, and that was a crazy number because there were also no sour concessions basically being offered. So this. Uh, 2.8% decrease really should be it's it's probably closer to like a 6 or 7% decrease because in May of last year there were very few price reductions and there were no sour concessions uh whereas now there's a decent number of price reductions happening and a lot of sour concessions being uh being provided um so a huge year on year swing but we've been seeing this all year so far so uh so that's not anything huge what's more interesting to me is the month on month uh, that we've now seen three straight months of increases uh, month on month in the percent of list price received. So sellers can expect, generally speaking, to get close to 99% of what a home is listed for. I say generally speaking because, again, these are averages, right? Um, and so it just it depends on a lot of different factors. And I'm seeing huge variabilities in this uh, in, in my personal business. Um, I just listed three homes recently. One of them went a decent bit above list price. The other two uh, went below list price. And so they, they do average out and they do balance out. But it's not like you can, you know, linearly expect, okay, if I list my house, I'm just going to get 99% of what it's listed for. That's not exactly how this works. Housing affordability index, um, not great. It's the the lowest it's ever been on here at 87. Um, basically, we want this number to be at 100, which 100 means that the median household income can afford the median priced home, essentially. And so it's at 87, which is primarily just due to mortgage rates being uh, being higher than they've been in a while. Um, inventory of homes for sale. Um, it's the highest that it's been in a while. It's up to almost 3,600. That's an 87.5% increase year on year. We knew that this was going to go up, uh, but it had been kind of going down a little bit since the end of last year. Uh, but in May, it really shot up. Um, and now we're, we're getting close to what it used to be pre-pandemic, where it was in the high, high threes low fours. And so we'll keep tracking that. It's still historically very low. 3,600 is still very, very low inventory. And you have to remember, even though demand has really fallen greatly the past year, demand is still strong in the Greenville market. Um, and it, it, in comparison to previous years, if you, if you go back pre-pandemic, uh, demand is still Pretty strong. I mean, we can go back to if if we go back to closed sales data. You look at where we are, and and you compare that to previous years, and it's like, oh yeah, we're we're actually we're having closed sales still at much higher rates than what they were in you know 2017, 2018, uh, around that period of time. And if you go back further than that, it's way way higher than 2013, 2014. So our demand, even with being in a housing recession, 
um, in Greenville is still extremely strong. So to see inventory be then way below or still a decent bit below what it was in those years where we had the lower demand that this is why we're not seeing prices crash we saw prices go down but we're not seeing them crash and i don't think they're going to crash this is why i still feel like we're going to see a positive for the year a positive number is the most likely scenario for the median price point uh year on year because uh, of this dynamic where supply and demand, demand is still uh, is still greater than it has been in comparison to many years. Supply is still lower in comparison to what it has been. It's just we got used to a couple of years where it was so out of whack, where demand was so much greater than supply uh, that it, it feels weird right now, right? It feels like the market has really, really corrected, and it has, but it still hasn't corrected to the point where we've dialed back the clock to uh, you know, 2017 or 2018. Uh, it feels more closely, it feels similar to 2019, even though it's still not quite like that. Um, month supply of inventory. Uh, so this takes the uh, the inventory, this looks at the inventory of homes for sale at the end of a given month, divided by the average monthly pending sales from the past 12 months. This is going to be skewed, again, by that pending sales number not being accurate for the past month. Um, so it says 2.9 months of inventory. Um, it's probably going to be closer to like 2.5, 2.6, if I had to guess, once they revise the data. Um, that's very, very low. Again, this is exactly what I just talked about. Demand is still stronger than people realize. Supply is still lower than people realize. Um, this number, uh, it's very comfortable when it's in the high fours, uh, low fives. It's considered a a basically even market, not a buyer's or seller's market when it's around six. Um, historically speaking, now I've made the argument on this on the show in the past that I think that we need to kind of retool that a bit and rethink that. Um, but right now it, it's still below three months of inventory. That's still very much a seller's market, even if it doesn't feel like a seller's market. It is. And that's reflected in the fact that we still have a lot of bidding wars happening. We still have homes going for, uh, on average, 99% uh, of, of what they're listed for. Um, and so we'll, we'll continue to see low months supply of inventory, um, even though inventory has definitely picked up. I've definitely felt this, right? So I, what I'll do sometimes is I'll just look at, okay, very. this is a very simple way of doing it. But it's an interesting way to do it. I'll just look at what are all the active listings in the residential part of the Greenville MLS. So I've been doing this regularly for the past several months. And it was in like the 2500 range for a while. Um, but right now it's in the 2700 range and, and approaching 2800. So we're seeing inventory levels uh, going up. We're seeing more homes that are staying on the market that aren't selling. Um, and so uh, that's what's being reflected in inventory. Sellers need to just be prepared for that, that they, they're they gonna have to wait longer to sell their home than, uh, than their neighbors did a year ago. That's just the reality of the situation. Um, that's all, I'm not gonna get into any other data. There's plenty of other data that we could get into, uh, but that's all that I'm going to get into now. Um, I hope that that was helpful. I hope that that was interesting for you guys. Um, there is plenty more that we can talk about, plenty of, plenty more that we, that I intend to talk about. 
Um, I'm probably going to be recording another podcast today that will then come out uh, later on. Um, But needless to say, a lot of interesting things happening in the real estate market right now. And uh, and I'm excited to see how it continues to happen. I don't have, you know, uh, a, a doomsday outlook or concern. We've already seen we've already been in a housing recession now for a year. You know, it's like, could it get worse? Yes, it absolutely could get worse. But guess what? I have seller clients and I have buyer clients. Um, and so that helps. If it flips to a buyer's market, then my buyers will be happy. If it flips to a crazier seller's market, then my sellers will be happy. So uh, that's the way I approach it. And uh, and I, to me, I feel like I'm in a good position to uh, to weather the storm, even with closings being, you know, a third fewer than what they've been uh, the past few years. Uh, but with that in mind, I do always appreciate more business. If you guys have any business to send my way, please let me know whether it's your business, whether your friends, family, please have them reach out to me. My contact information is, is in the show notes. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, Stan, I believe it's uh, Stan McCune 7303, something like that. Just search Stan McCune um, and you'll find me on YouTube. Selling Greenville on all of the podcast platforms that are out there. Please subscribe, rate, review. We will talk again next time.